0: Well, hey everybody, Nate Carter here with today's Cornerstone Connection, and let me be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas 2023. And no, you didn't pick the wrong date, and no, I'm not crazy, Uh, but today's uh, reading comes from Luke chapter 2, and and it's of course one of the main scriptures for the Christmas account. And uh, as I was reading through it here today, I was like, huh gosh, we just, we just got through this a couple months ago. Uh, what do I have to offer that's new or fresh? And I just kind of read through it, trying to look at it with a different lens. It's kind of interesting. Um, let me read a few passages to you, and I want to ask you, what do these have in common? I found it very eye-opening. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. Okay, so that's number one. I'm going to read four of these to you. Second one, this is after Jesus was born, and then it was time for the purification offering. So this is verse 22 which is required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So Jesus' parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. A little bit odd, but you'll see what I'm getting at here in a second. But read on. Third passage, verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and it revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And then lastly, verse 36. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. Okay, so I've painstakingly read through a bunch of different passages within this chapter. What do they have in common? Well, What what stood out to me really for the first time was that all four of these scenarios are people who were kind of lower down in the socioeconomic uh, world in, in the culture of the time. We have the shepherds. Uh, these these dirty kind of outsiders that are dealing with animals for a living—they're not even spending their their days in in town. They're out in the fields, and that's who the shepherds—that's uh, who the angels choose to reveal the the, the message that Jesus has been born. Uh, and then then you have Mary and Joseph themselves. And if you notice the offering that they had to give at Jesus's purification ceremony, uh, it it's not a, a lamb or a goat. It, it's it's uh, turtle doves. It's, uh, I can't remember exactly, but it's, it's kind of the exception that if, if a family isn't able to provide the, the, full, um, the full sacrifice because they can't afford it, um, then they can offer this other sacrifice, which would be acceptable, but it's, it's obviously designed for those who are poor. Mary and Joseph obviously didn't bring much to the table. And then we've got Simeon. Uh, this, this is this old man um, who is just kind of, uh, he's just waiting. He's just waiting for the messiah to come but uh but he's he's an older man in 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 their context and then we have anna and anna's a widow she was widowed since very early on in her marriage and and the the law of moses has some some um some helps for those that are widowed but but it's still not the ideal and and it it seems as though she doesn't have children and um, so she would have been more on the on the fringe of society and yet she gets to meet Jesus face to face as well. So these all four accounts here are, are people on the fringe of society that yet God chose to work His um, His story, work them into His story. And I want to say that to you as an encouragement today. I, I I grew up you know kind of solidly middle class. I wouldn't fit into one of these categories. I've had lots of opportunities in my life, um, but and you you could you could expect then that that because I lived kind of the normal life that perhaps God could use me better than uh, someone on the fringes. But this is clearly cl- true from scripture that, that that those that are on the fringes are the ones that God often pours into and reveals himself to. Um, God has a special place in his heart for those on the fringes. And, and in particular, he brings about the message of Jesus's birth uh, through these people. And I just wanna encourage you because if you feel like you're on the fringe, if, if whatever it is in life puts you on, on the fringes of society or on the outcast, just be encouraged because it, it's often those are the people, you're the, the people that God chooses to do his great and exciting work through. So I encourage you to be, be looking. One thing I'll also point out is that people like, like Mary and people like Simeon and people like Anna spent their lives waiting for God and expectant for what he was going to do. They were devout people that when he showed up, they were ready. So wherever you are on the the completely unnecessary socioeconomic scale, uh, God can reveal himself to you, but only if you're waiting, only if you're looking. So be encouraged with that today, church. Look for what God's about to do in and through you, and we'll see you next time on The Cornerstone Connection.